Well, I hope the kids are excited because we have a special guest today just for them. And we're very honored uh, and we're also very blessed and honored to have uh, Pastor and uh, Tracy and Pam Hodges. And Pam is, is the director of our children's ministries in the entire state of Alaska. So she and Tracy are very busy. They, they, they try to minister out in the villages uh, through DVDs or personal appearances as well. And they, they host our kids' camps, and they're just so involved in helping our children's ministries in this state, and they're a great blessing. So I'm going to invite... I want uh, Tracy and Pam to come on up. We love and appreciate you so much. Let's give them a great Alaskan welcome. Well, we are super excited to be here today, and I was excited to see all the kids come up because I recognized a few of them at Kids from Coming to Kids Camp, and we just had an amazing camp. God showed up and did such great things, and kids were saved and healed and filled with Holy Spirit, and we just love watching that happen, and we know God has great things in store for the boys and girls in Alaska. We are, um, as Pastor Mitch said, we are um, missionaries also, besides being the children's ministries director. And we love going out to the villages and doing ministry, and God is doing great things. And we just want to say thank you to you guys because you support us. And without your help and support, we couldn't do what we do. We appreciate everything that you guys do. We know you pray for us, and that is a great, great blessing to our lives. So thank you so much. We mean it from the bottom bottom of our hearts. And we want to see Alaska come to the Lord. We want to see the boys and girls of Alaska be saved. And we want to see them be nurtured and discipled in the faith. And we want to see things change for Alaska. We are one of the highest states in the nation for so many things that we don't want to be known for. But you know what? God is doing great things, and he can change things. And um, so we're excited about that. Another thing we're really excited about is we have been able to host this past week our national BGMC directors, David and Mary Boyd. They have been with us, and we've been doing kind of a BGMC tour. In case you don't know what BGMC is, it's Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. It's the giving program for kids in the Assemblies of God to help teach them to pray for missionaries, to give for missionaries, and to consider and possibly go one of these days as a missionary. And so we've been able to have Dave and Mary with us, and they are our national directors. It is their passion and joy to lead the boys and girls across our nation in um, this wonderful program. They've traveled all over the world, and I just love that it never gets old to them to share about what God is doing across the world and through our missionaries. So we're going to invite them to come on up. They're going to share with you today and give them a big Alaska welcome.
Well, thank you so much. It's our privilege to uh, be here. And um, I have to say, uh, I was a children's pastor. Mary and I worked together as children's pastors for 17 years. And I remember the day I was asked to come to the national office and lead children's ministries for the Assemblies of God. We were in Florida. We had to drive 19 hours from Florida to Springfield. And it was during those 19 hours that I felt the weight of children in the Assemblies of God fall on my shoulders. I began to look and see a bicycle in a yard as I'm driving by and God would say, who's reaching them? Well, this week, God showed me a little corner of the United States I'd never prayed for before. And it was a bunch of villages that don't even have roads to get to them. But it's part of our turf. It's part of our responsibility. And I will never stop praying for that portion of the United States now that I spent a week with these two as their hearts have just oozed for these kids who are many times broken and damaged and scared and, and uh, whose greatest week in their entire year is when they come to camp because somebody pours love out on them. So thank you for what you do, but I want you to know already that our hearts have been changed and touched by being here. Now... I want to specifically um, get a hold of the kids' attention here for a moment because um, I've, got a, uh, I've got an arrow here. So I want all our kids to stand up. Stand up here just for a second. Okay, you're going to be my, I, I want you to put your arms like this. You're going to be, make sure everybody sees where the arrow is pointing. Okay, so when the arrow moves, you point. Can you do that? The rest of you, I'm not going to make you stand up, but you at least have to, you know, you at least have to do something, okay? But the kids themselves are going to stand up because we have an arrow here. On this side, it points this direction. And on this side, it points that direction. And it's basically talking about choices. We all have choices to make every single day. It could be as simple as, what am I going to wear today? See? Or it could be, do I bring my umbrella? How many know there's sometimes right choices and wrong choices? Do I wear my slicker or my sweatshirt? <laughs> if I wear my sweatshirt when I should wear my slicker, I get all wet, see? So there's right choices and there's wrong choices. In fact, the Bible says there are right choices and wrong choices. I mean, you might get mad and you need to make the right choices, because you could also get mad and punch somebody, and that's a wrong choice. Forgive somebody, that's a right choice. Yell at somebody, that's a wrong choice. Bite your tongue and walk away, believe it or not, that's a good choice. <laughs> the Bible tells us that God wants us to always make good choices. He wants us to do the right thing day after day he wants us to always do the right things no matter what happens the bible teaches us about doing the right things and in fact it tells us that there are wrong things and they're called sin he doesn't want us to sin he doesn't he wants us to do the right things he does not want us to do the wrong things. he wants us to do the right things that's why we go to church we listen to our pastor yes I mentioned pastor and they all clap. That's amazing. Yes, 
the pastor teaches us about the Bible because the Bible will tell us how to do the right things. Now, when you're out there in the world, there's going to be people who want you to do the wrong things. Believe it or not, they'll even go on television and tell you to do the wrong things. They'll tell you the right things are wrong things and the wrong things are right things. And it's really very, 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 as you can see, confusing. <clears throat> but the Bible is not confusing. The Bible tells us about the way to heaven, right? It says if you'll ask Jesus into your heart, he will point you in the right direction. When you make a mistake, he'll forgive you. He will watch over you. Jesus is not willing that anyone perish. Jesus wants every person, every boy, every girl to go to heaven someday. Amen. Mary, would you come up? Can uh, we have the PowerPoint slides up there? Well, we're so excited to be here. So thank you so much. My mic on and everything. Can you hear? There we go. There's our slides. Well, I wanted to tell the kids a little bit about us. Now, kids, I know you're sitting all over the audience, but I want to make sure wherever you're sitting, you can see us really clearly up here, okay? Because David's going to be doing several different object lessons and some things. But we live down in the lower 48s in a, t in a state called Missouri. So many times kids say, where is Missouri? Well, there it is. It's kind of like right in the middle of the country. And where that star is, that's the city we live in, which is Springfield, Missouri. Now, BGMC helps our missionaries all over the world. The Assemblies of God has roughly 5,000 missionaries all over the United States and all over in countries around the world. You know, we even have missionaries where missionaries are not allowed. There are countries that don't allow missionaries. So how do those people hear about Jesus? We have to have secret missionaries. And so they go in the countries and maybe they open up a coffee shop or an ice cream shop or a tea store. And as people come in, they can share their faith. Well, since we get to travel around the world, we get to do some fun things. And I thought I'd show you kids some pictures. Yep, these are little baby lion cubs that we got to hold. They're about a month old in this picture. And kids, when they're this little, they're like little kitty cats. And they're so fun to hold because, you know, they haven't gotten bigger. Now, this one is about three months old. And you see how much bigger they get and how much bigger their teeth are, right? Well, this was one of my favorite lions. His name was Ramon. And we were told he had been bottle-fed since he was a little cub because his mom had rejected him. And so they found him and started raising him. And they said, he loves to suck on your finger like a pacifier. They said, stick your finger in his mouth. And I'm like, what? Stick my finger in the mouth of a lion with all those teeth? They said, yeah. And I can't believe it, but I was brave or stupid enough to do it, right? <laughs> and so he didn't bite my finger, but as you can see, he's just kind of like falling asleep there. Well, we've gotten to ride elephants in the jungles of Thailand, so that was really fun. Has anybody in here ever ridden on an elephant? 
It's not very comfortable. They walk, and it's not very comfortable. Were they Alaskan elephants by chance? No, okay. The Alaskan ones are really hairy. <laughs> now, these elephants are, they're kind of like teenager elephants. And you know, an elephant uses his trunk like an arm, and they were just so fascinated with my husband that they would touch him with their trunk, and then they started to lick his hair, and he got all full of elephant slobber. So we all thought it was funny, but he didn't. Now in Madagascar, when you go out in the jungles, if you just have some food in your hands, the lemurs jump down on your shoulders or on your head to eat the food. And the lemurs are, they don't bite you, they're so soft and cuddly, so they're pretty cool. So here's a couple lemurs, and I was hoping I was getting a lemur kiss and not a lemur bite there. But they're really cute, and we like them. So BGMC, BGMC is a program for kids, to teach kids about missions, teach kids the importance of prayer and giving and the call of God. You see, the Assemblies of God is one of the greatest missions organizations in the world. Back in 1914, after the turn of the century, and Pentecost fell on Azusa Street. People were getting filled with the Spirit. They felt that it was their duty to go around the world and spread the gospel. Now think, in the turn of the century, they didn't have all the conveniences we did today. In fact, many of our missionaries, when they would go overseas, they would put all their belongings in coffins, not suitcases, because they believed they would never be coming back again. So in 1914, the Assemblies of God formed. 300 people got together to create a way to make sure the gospel could get around the world. And today, 73 years later, those 300 people are now 68 million people around the world. So it is amazing. We look at that and think, wow, that's great. But you know, there are still billions of people around the world who don't know Jesus. And so we have a big job ahead of us, and that's why missions is so important, because missions can go where you and I maybe can't go. So BGMC, it has a twofold purpose. The first purpose, when BGMC was created back in 1949, was to create a heart of compassion in kids. We wanted kids to be aware of what was going on in the world. We wanted kids to understand what it's like to be poor, to be sick, to help those. And so that's why we want to pass on the heritage of missions to kids. The second purpose is to meet the critical needs of missionaries around the world. Missionaries were needing supplies to tell people about Jesus. And so they said, well, why don't we have our kids raise money to help missionaries around the world? And that very first BGMC offering was just a little over $9. Well, last year, oh, I've gone too far. Last year in 2021, over $10 million was raised in the U.S. by you kids and adults. That is incredible. You know, it's funny as I go through archives and then I look at the notes on that commi original committee meeting, they said, okay, we'll have the kids collect money for missions, 
But you have to realize they're just kids, and so not much money is going to be given. Little did they know, right? So what would happen? And so last year was our highest giving ever from the history of BGMC. We had so many districts that grew. And since BGMC started in 1949, over $184 million has been given to BGMC. So pretty cool. I just realized that when I said how old the Assemblies of God was, I said 73 years. That's how old BGMC is. Of course, our Assemblies of God were over 100 years old since 1914. And it's just incredible to see what God's doing. David? <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Well, <clears throat> I have some rolled up newspaper here. I'm quite an artist, and when I get done, I assume you're all going to go, ooh. <laughs> In fact, we can practice right now. Yeah, thank you. I just wanted to set you up a little bit for that, so when you're fully amazed and you see my beautiful artwork, you'll be ready. I'm going to cut this into three pieces. And I'm going to make a tree, and if I was, had a group of kids around me, I'd be asking the kids, what three things does a tree need in order to live? And some child would shout out, water, water. I heard water, uh-huh. Sun, I heard sun, excellent answer. Dirt, what'd you call me? Did you call me Dirt. Oh, no, I see what you mean, dirt. I got you. Okay. Yes, water, sunlight, and dirt. And then you have a beautiful tree. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now you know why I had to prompt you. <clears throat> but this is the same, uh, same way a Christian grows. You have to have the Son of God, Right? You have to have living water. And you have to be founded in a church where the word of God is preached, where it's taught. Right? I've heard people say, well, I'm a Christian, but I never go to church. Well, you know what? They look about like that. <laughs> they really don't have a lot of growth. They, they, they don't have peace. They don't have joy. When they get sick, what do they do? And yet, when you go to church, you hear about Jesus, you grow in the Word, you have friends, you worship the Lord. Wasn't the worship amazing this morning? That's a gift. Most people don't get that. Even most Christians don't get that. When the Word of God is preached, husbands are made better. And every woman that's married says, amen, or I wish. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the word of God is preached. It makes us better. It makes the women better. It makes the men better. It makes kids grow and learn and believe and trust God. There's so many things in this world that are going to teach you things that aren't of God. And yet God wants every Christian to grow. Isn't that true? And he will help you. 
In fact, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's given to us to grow. It says when you're filled with the Spirit, He will teach you all things. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, this church, this family is all given to help us grow in our walk with Jesus. Mary? Well, I've talked about BGMC and missions, but let's talk a little bit more about what BGMC does so that you understand how valuable this program is and how necessary it is for our missionaries. BGMC is a program that provides missionaries with whatever they need to spread the gospel. That means it can be videos, it can be Bibles, Sunday school materials, it can be pots and pans if they're cooking for kids, it can be tents, it can be bounce houses, it can be bicycles and boats, whatever a missionary needs, BGMC can provide it. So I wanted to highlight just a few things of what BGMC is involved in. And I want to talk about food first. There is such a need for food around our world. People are starving. People are hungry. They don't have food to eat. And one of the things BGMC does is that we are feeding kids all the time. Our missionary sent us these pictures because in many parts of the world, people and kids get their food out of garbage dumps. That's their only resource. They can't just go down to a McDonald's. They don't have centers that help them with food in other countries. They have nothing but what they can scrounge around with. So that's why we want to help to feed them. We're feeding kids. Almost a million kids are fed every day by missionaries using BGMC money. And that's so exciting for us to hear. And so this is a picture sent from the Philippines, and they are feeding the kids there, and all it takes is 10 cents a day to feed a child a bowl of rice that has a little bit of vegetables or a little bit of chicken. So I always like to challenge kids. Instead of buying that dollar soda, if you put that money in your missions offering, we can feed 10 more kids. That's pretty cool. So they're feeding the kids there. Next is water. Water is so, such a big demand around the world because so much water is dirty. It's not clean. And dirty water help, makes people sick and makes people die. And you can see these are some actual water sources in Africa. Some places where there's not rivers, um, they have to dig holes in the ground to try and get to the water to have because water is an essential part of living. The human body needs water. And yet so many times the only water they can get is what's contaminated. And of course they have to try and boil it, but they're using water to eat, to cook with, to wash their clothes with, with what they have. And so BGMC is actively involved in this. This is one of our big programs, and we're there to help drill water wells all around the world. Because with kids, when you dig deep in the ground, there's all kinds of clean rivers in the earth. 
And if we can dig down and touch one of those rivers, the water comes up and it's clean. You can drink it right out of that well. You don't even have to boil it. So it's been so fun to see the water wells being dr um, drilled all over the world. And the kids get so excited. And the women. Mary, and what we've also helped them. Remember we yes? had one time when they were drilling a BGMC well and they hit water. And the guy running the truck jumps out of the truck and goes running down the street. And the missionary thought that was kind of funny. So when he comes back, he's got the mayor with him. And the missionary said, why did you go get the mayor? And he said, well, we've dug wells in this town all over and there's no water. So when I hit water, I was so excited. And he said, you didn't tell me that you'd had all these dry holes. And he said, oh, I needed the money. But underneath the Bible school, there was water. And as Mary made me think of it, she said river. It wasn't a lake. It was a river. Meaning if you drilled 20 feet that way or 20 feet that way, there wouldn't have been water. But they hit a river. And the reason they knew they hit a river was because the water came gushing out. They had to literally control it because it was under high pressure and 25,000 people a day were getting water because of that river under the Bible school, I might add. So. That's so amazing. God is so awesome. The Assemblies of God always put their water wells where there's an Assemblies of God church or an Assemblies of God Bible college. Why? So that we can control it. And bad people don't take control of the wells and try to sell the water. And somebody's always posted at the well, so when people come, they tell them about Jesus. It's been one of the greatest witnessing tools around the world that we have. Well, I wanted to show you these buddy buckets. We were noticing that when the women would come to the wells to fill the water, they would have old, yucky containers, just anything old they can find in the trash. So my husband uh, met with the missionaries and said, hey, we can provide, why don't we use BGMC money and you guys buy the water buckets over in your country, buckets, and give them to the ladies so that they can get clean water. And then we made these stickers and put Buddy's face on them. Buddy is the mascot for BGMC, that yellow guy. Now they have no idea, but when they see that smiling face, they know it's the kids of America who have helped them, so it's pretty cool. Well, kids all over the world are poor. Kids all over the world are orphans, street kids. They have nowhere to go. Their parents have died. Their parents can't afford to take care of them, so they're just kicked out into the streets. And it just breaks our hearts to see where kids live. These are actual pictures of some of the homes that they find kids living in. And kids live in the garbage dumps. Not only do they get their food there, but they live there. And so BGMC helps kids all over the world. And we have children's homes that, are, that kids off the street can come in and sleep and have a clean bed and a pillow and food to eat and clean clothes. And I just had to put this in because this is a kid's home in Cambodia. And they built a playground, and they were so thankful because Buddy helps them with food and everything that they built a Buddy playground, which was pretty cool. So we just want to say thank you. But one of the things that BGMC does is we help our missionaries in those sensitive countries. 
There are so many places, like I said, we can't officially have missionaries. And so they can't come to your church and say, can I have money for Bibles? And because they can't get caught, if they're caught being missionaries, they'll be either kicked out of the country or put in prison. But yet BGMC can help them. It's an undesignated offering fund that helps our missionaries with whatever they need. So thank you so much for what you do. I know you raise money for BGMC. I've seen your records. But I want to challenge you to do even more in these last days because our missionaries need money more than ever so that they can be, uh, buy the supplies to reach people, to touch kids, and to help them. So thank you so much for all that you do. When we were there that day with this young lady, her eyes were so sad. And yet when Mary said, would you hold this little buddy and let us take a picture, she brightened up. Like that one moment erased her life and gave her a moment of joy. And every time I see that picture, I want to pray for that young lady and Muslims like her because their life is really terribly difficult. Women in the Muslim faith are, are, are lower than your dog. Their faith tells them that they don't get to go to heaven. One in a thousand will get to go to heaven if their husband, when he gets to heaven, pleads with God that his wife served him so well that she deserves to go to heaven. But the other 999 have no hope. And so, every time I see that picture, I'm, I'm burdened to pray for Muslim women. It's not in my notes, but since it's there. But God's doing amazing things. There are amazing stories of Jesus appearing to Muslims. Time after time after time. We've been in places where they brought Muslims in from these countries to teach us. And, and they were talking about seeing Jesus, talking to Jesus. Jesus explaining the scriptures to them. They have no church. They have no Christian TV. They don't have a Bible. So Jesus is showing up. Jesus is showing up. And uh, one lady said, I've told my friends about Jesus. And, and they've said, how do we know he's real? And she said, just ask him to come to your room tonight. And he does. One lady, they talked about a thousand Christians in, in, in Iran or Iraq, in that area of the world. They had about a thousand Christians, and they were talking about seeing Jesus. And, and I said, have some of these seen? Oh, many of them have seen Jesus. And it's like, how many of them? And then they finally, they talked to each other. They said, seven of ten. Seven hundred of the one thousand Christians have all talked to Jesus. Isn't it amazing the God that we serve? One one lady, um, she became a Christian. Her husband, her Muslim husband, put her away, divorced her, and took their child, who was about four at the time. She didn't see her child for two years. Two years later, somebody called up and said, your husband is gone and the child is home alone. Would you like to go see him? 
The child at age six was left home alone for long periods of time. So she snuck in to see her child and they had a time of loving on one another. And the mother says to the child, I'm so sorry that you're always alone. And the six-year-old child says, but mom, I'm never alone. The babysitter comes. And the mother said, what babysitter? And he said, you know, the one in all the picture books you used to show me? Jesus became a babysitter for a six-year-old. That's the God we serve. And he's a good God. So let me tell you a few more of the stories that we had set aside. We wanted to tell you. I hope, I hope it's okay. This verse, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's what our missionaries do. That's what we get a chance to do, even in our own homes, our own lives, to seek and to save those who are lost. Mary, show me that this was in Kenya. I was there. This is the church. They find old tin after a storm. They go out and, the, and, and look for where it, wherever it blew it, and they bring it back, and they build a church. And, uh, but this next slide, this is what a new Assemblies of God church looks like that our missionaries put up. And that church went from 200 people or 20 people to 200 people in four months. Because when you put them up here, yeah. In Africa, it's not cold, it's hot, it's heat, it's shade. And when they have a building like this to worship in, people know that there's something going on here and it tracks the gospel. That's what our missionaries do. We're so proud of our missionaries. They go to places we would never go. It's not easy. They have to say goodbye to their relatives sometimes. But they go there and they serve year after year. Look at this next one. This is just a chicken, but we had something miraculous happen during COVID. Just before COVID, we were preparing our Christmas catalog for BGMC. It comes out every October, November, and it's just a bunch of projects for kids or adults to look at and say, oh, I want to do that. And uh, we've had lots of different projects. We've done this for about eight years. And in this catalog, there's about 35 different projects. One of them was chickens. Because the missionary in Guatemala said, we have some really poor pastors, and if we would give them six chickens then every day they have food for their family. And we thought, well, that was, a, so we put it in the catalog. Well, somehow kids like chickens because the number one thing that came in money-wise during COVID while kids were still earning money, the number one thing was chickens. We had thousands of dollars coming in for chickens for Guatemala. <laughs> Meanwhile... In Guatemala, pastor, the number one job of a pastor in Guatemala is not preaching the gospel. Culturally, it is visiting the sick. So while COVID is going on and people are sick, the pastors were going out and visiting them. And we lost 300 Guatemalan pastors far greater majority than any other area because of their culture to, to pray for the sick. And so the missionaries come December are talking about having 300 widows and their kids who now suddenly have no income. And that's when our accountant told us 
We have $45,000 of money for Guatemalan chickens. And the two just connected. And every one of these widows is getting a dozen chickens and a chicken coop and chicken feed. And we're getting these stories coming back with kids who are saying, I got to eat my very own egg. Never in my lifetime have I ever gotten my very own egg. One time when I was in El Salvador, I wanted to juggle, and I didn't have any juggling equipment. I saw a little store. I went over to 38 cents. I bought a dozen eggs, and I'm juggling in front of the kids. Eggs. And I'm good enough that I didn't drop any, didn't break any. And afterwards, I put them back in the case, and I had a lady come up to me, older lady, afterwards tugging on my, and she's pointing at the eggs. And I said, oh, yeah, you can have the eggs, 38 cents worth of eggs. I handed her to the eggs, and this little old lady began to dance. And she's going down the street with her 38 cents worth of eggs. And I watched her for two blocks, probably 10 minutes, dancing her way down the street. Because she had 38 cents worth of food. You know, our missionaries do such a good work. And when you support them, You are spreading the gospel to the kingdom of God. You are making it happen. And I thank you for this being a missions church. It's amazing. Mary, what else do we have up there? Well, we also, uh, I just thought we'd show you, we're also giving away in that Christmas catalog. We had uh, water buffaloes, you know. There's even a song out there now about, never mind. Anyway, uh, water buffaloes. Mary, what's the next one? Yaks. We had yaks given away to our missionaries because in Mongolia, a, a pastor gets a yak and, and uh, it's just amazing and they can get the butter and the cheese and the meat and the hair and the hide and the horns and the, you, you get the idea, you know. And then in, in China, we gave them goats. They asked for goats. We found a village up in the mountains, the missionaries did, of Christians who had been persecuted. They were poor. And the missionary got to them and said, what do you need? And he was kind of expecting food or medicine or clothing. Or, and they said, goats. We have water. We have grass. If we had goats, we could make a living. So BGMC bought goats for them. We bought, uh, I think, 27 uh, Juliet groats and one Romeo goat. <laughs> There's kids in the room, okay? <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, and the goats all started having triplets. Either God was multiplying the goats or God blessed Romeo. We don't know, but there was triplets just <laughs> one after another. And then about two years later, there was a disease that hit animals in that part of China. Some kind of hoof and mouth disease. Pigs were dying. Cows were dying. Goats were dying. But word spread that there was a village that hadn't lost a single goat. And the story began to be told that there was a village where Christian kids had given goats. And their God was powerful enough to watch over his own goats. (laughs) So people started traveling to go buy a goat and hear the story of the God who's powerful enough to take care of his own people and his own goats. 
You can't write that story. Only God does that story, right? And each one of us is a part of it because we send the missionaries. And we support the missionaries. Wow. Mary? Oh, I always think this is a cute one because in Malawi, the missionaries were there. They found out that if you're a widow, you're the property of your husband. So, pastor, if you were to pass away, your wife does not get your home. Your brothers and sisters do. She's just your property. That's Malawi. So the widows have nothing. So they were in a village trying to care for each other. And our missionary said, what can you use? And they said, pigs. We have grass. We have water. We want pigs. And so we bought them pigs. And the missionary told us when he handed out his first pig to this lady, he said, now, do you know how to take care of this pig? And she said, duh, I've been married. (laughs) True story. True story. Now, she was not trying any disrespect. She was trying to say that she had fed and watered her husband for all of these years, and she could feed and water a pig. I better move on, Mary. Let's go on to something else, okay? Getting deep here. There was pastors that were pastoring five churches, walking hours between each church. So between Saturday and Sunday, they would get to... To, you know, it'd be like walking from here to Anchorage, 50 miles. They could make it in seven hours. See? And they asked, How can we? And they said to the missionary, Give a bicycle. And so we bought them bicycles, and the first thing they said was, I can finally plant those other three churches. Just with a bicycle. And finally, I think. Uh, this is where I was in March. It's in Tanzania. And uh, these women are there. They're dedicating a well that the Assemblies of God put in. Mary, if you show the picture of that well. When the water comes out of here, it's gushing because they put in a water tower. So it has pressure. And this well fills up that trough. And that trough, it, fills, it gives water for the people. These are Maasai people in the shadows of the Tanzanian mountains. And from this well, not only will it feed their goats and their sheep, but elephants will come, zebra will come, because it's the only water around. So we were there dedicating the well in March, and a very fancy-dressed man shows up. And he's the vice president of the interior of Tanzania. And he said to us how appreciative he was for the well. And he said he asked for more wells, and the Assemblies of God said... Well, we put our wells on the property of Assemblies of God churches. So he shows up to say, I've given you property in 12 villages for you to build your churches. (laughs) And this is an area where you can't buy property because it's in the state government forest conservation land It's hundreds of miles of land, but it's protected. Nobody can get in there. But we now have 12 new Assemblies of God churches that get to be built. And he'd already talked to the superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Tanzania. They'd already picked out 12 pastors to go. And so it was like this amazing miracle. And that's what I want you to know. God goes with our missionaries. And he provides the miracle. Mary, look at this last verse that's here. Yeah. 
The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus spoke these words about himself. He spoke these words right after he said, Zacchaeus, you want to have dinner together? He was seeking those who were lost. Just by inviting himself, in this case, over to Zacchaeus' house, because Jesus didn't have a house. But he was basically finding someone and saying, do you want to have dinner together? Jesus said, I am, the son of man is come to seek and to save those who are lost. The question was, why are you eating with them? And Jesus said, the son of man is come to seek and to save those that are lost. There was the day when somebody knocked on my door. I was 12 and said, would you like a ride to church on our Sunday school bus? Someone sought me and brought me to church. That's what a church is. That's what our job is. That's what our missionary's job is. Is to seek and to save the lost. Those are two different things. Starts with seeking them. God does most of the saving. He works that part out. How many here would raise your hand? Did someone seek you out to help you get to this church, to help you get to know Christ? Someone at some point in time in your life, did someone seek you out? Look around the room, hold it up. Look around the room. Most of us, someone sought us. That's what our job is today. There's people your pastor will never get to meet. He's not in that room. He's not in that classroom. He doesn't live in that complex. He doesn't visit that gas station. It's on the other side of town from him. But you're there. I'm going to invite you today to to take that hat and look at it and say, blow the dust off and say, I'm going to seek. I'm going to seek the lost. I'm going to invite someone out for dinner. I'm going to invite someone over to my house. I'm going to invite someone to sit in the church with me in my favorite pew. In my favorite spot. That's what God asks of us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you're here with me today, you got to laugh and you got to cry and you got to thank Jesus. But if you're not a Christian, there's still a hollow spot in your spirit. You don't know what we're talking about. What we're talking about is God has a free gift. He will wash everything away you've ever done wrong. He'll have you stand up as a new person and you begin to walk afresh and anew. Your life changes in that you walk away not alone. Jesus rides in the car with you when you leave this place. He's your best friend. You still have difficulties, yeah? We found my wife's diary one time. She's talking about how many weeks it took her to stop swearing. (laughs) But she talked to God about it, and little by little she got over it. 
You're not going to be automatically 100% different, but you're going to feel different. Because Jesus did something inside your life. If you're here today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and look up here at me, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I see one hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else that you want me to pray with you today? Another hand. Thank you. Across this room. Are there others? You just want to say, Jesus, here I, he'll wash you away. He just takes you over here. Thank you. That's three. He'll wash it away. He, doesn't, he, 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 he would be glad to erase your past and let you start over. That's the Jesus we serve. Anyone else who wants to pray that prayer? And bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Pastor, you can come up to the platform if you would. Pray with me, everyone. Dear Jesus, you know who I am. You know everything about me. I give you my life. Please wash away everything that shouldn't be in my life. Make me a brand new person. Help me to walk anew. Guide my steps. Help my hands to serve you. Help my mouth to serve you. Help my ears to serve you. Help my eyes to serve you. Help my body to live for you. Teach me and guide me. I love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Pastor. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.